Good evening, my family. All right. Here we go. It's time to worship the Lord tonight. Come on, let's do it.
We want to welcome you into his house tonight, amen? Thank you, Lord. We want to welcome you to a great night. It's a good night to worship the Lord. We stand in his love. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time together. We thank you, Lord, that you have brought joy, Lord, in a time, Lord, where we can sing, Lord, we were the beggars. Now we're royalty. That's what you do, Lord. You transform lives. So, Heavenly Father, we're here tonight, Lord, seeking you more and more of you, Lord. Let your spirit rain down over us tonight, Lord, in our time together, Heavenly Father. We thank you for this time of worship. We thank you, Lord, for what you're about to do, Heavenly Father, in this time here tonight. We sing about who you are, Lord, and your great love and the power, power, power of your Holy Spirit, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Church, we're going to lift up some songs tonight. Amen. Sing about his love with us tonight. Come on. Boy. When God tries to roll over my bones, when sorrow comes to steal the joy I hold, when brokenness and pain is all I know, Oh, I won't be shaken. Oh, I won't be shaken. Cause my fear doesn't stand chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand chance when I
thank you. Amen. We just praise you and we thank you because there's nothing that can come against us that is stronger than your love. And right now we just declare, Heavenly Father, that you are so good, great, and powerful, and we just want to give you thanks for what you've done. We want to praise you, Lord, because you have reached out into our lives and done things that we could not imagine that you would have done, and yet you do them because you love us, and we thank you. We just give you praise. We just want to reach out and say, Lord, thank you.
just tonight, Lord, but yesterday, today, and forevermore. Because you are the God of yesterday, today, and forevermore. So, Lord, we thank you. You are due all of the glory, all of the praise, and all of the honor, Heavenly Father. Lord, we thank you for the blood. Thank you for our freedom, our freedom and salvation, Lord, paid for, Lord, by your very son. Thank you, Lord, that this time together here tonight, Lord, we have come together just to, to worship you, Lord, and to lean into you, Lord, to fellowship with one another. And Lord, uh, just this time of worship, Lord, we feel your presence in this place. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be here with you tonight, Lord, in your house. Lord, we give you all of the honor and all of the praise, Heavenly Father. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Give him glory tonight, church. Amen. He's all deserving of it. Amen. Amen. God is good. God is good. And all the time. Amen. Hey, church, why don't we greet one another in his name? Good evening, New Beginnings family. How are we feeling tonight? Are we ready for, for the Lord to show up today? Amen. Well, church, it's always, it's always a great time to be with you on, during our midweek service. It's honestly one of my favorite services that we have throughout the week. It's just it's that, that midweek pick-me-up. Like the weekend's almost here, and we just need a little, a little more oomph to get through the week before the weekend, right? Well, church... My name is AJ Cully. I'm one of the worship leaders here at New Beginnings, as well as your college and career young adults minister. Um, I, I, I love being here at New Beginnings. I love being a part of this congregation. We do so much here that, that help ourselves in growing closer to the Lord with our walk, strengthening our faith, our hope, and our love. And we do a lot of things also that reach out to the communities uh, surrounding this building, and not just the within a few mile radius, but within the entire state of New Mexico, because 
if, if we're from New Mexico, we know that our state needs some prayer. Our state needs God, amen? And so some of the ways that we're doing this, uh, we have a few announcements for you guys. Uh, first off is baptisms. We're doing baptisms on the last Sunday of this month, March 26th. We just did it a couple weeks ago, actually, in February. And if you missed your chance, now is your time to make that next step in your faith, to make that declaration, that, that physical declaration that you're going to follow Christ as, as uh, the example. And you're going to share his love, and you're going to lean on him for the rest of your days. So if you would like to make that next step, if you would like to get baptized, you can register online. There's a QR code right here behind me. You can scan that, and it will take you to a link where you can uh, register. You can put in your information, your name, uh, the date, and then mark, I want to uh, be baptized. You can do that, or you can also call our main offices as well, Monday through Friday throughout the week, and they'll get you set up there as well. Uh, next, we do this uh, bi-monthly. Uh, we have Meet the Pastors coming up as well. On that same baptism Sunday, March 26th, this is an amazing time for everyone, for all of you who have been with us for a while, or maybe you're new, you might want to make this your new home church. You want to meet our pastors. You want to meet the leadership here that is, that is here at New Beginnings. Where do they come from? Where, what's the vision of New Beginnings? What, what do we believe in? And where, do we see, where are we now, and where do we see ourselves in years' time? This is a perfect opportunity to see where our church is headed and the leadership that's going to take us there all by the grace of God. And also, what do your pastors do on a Thursday afternoon? Um, it's a great time, and they want to get to know you as well. We're a big family church, but we're still family. We want to get to know you as well. You get to meet all of our pastors and our ministers here. So that's going to be right after baptisms, March 26th on that Sunday in room 106, just right across the hall. We call it the fishbowl, uh, but that room over there. Next, youth camp. Youth camp is coming up, and it's coming up quick. Yeah. All right. The youth is ready. They're going to do a retreat uh, this summer, and God is going to move. God is going to move in children's lives. Parents, this is an amazing time to send your kids to experience Christ in a way that they can understand and comprehend who Christ is in the ways that, that they're going through life, in school, with family, and at home with their friends. It's going to be an amazing opportunity. They're, it's going to be a spiritual awakening, and if anything else, they're going to come back on fire for God. So if you would like to register your kid, or maybe your neighbors, your nephews, your nieces, your grandkids, or whoever, if you want to send them, if they're ready, you can meet with David Sanchez. He's going to be at the desk over there after service, and he's going to get you set up with registration, with fundraising, and all that good stuff right after service today. The next thing is New Beginnings, uh, Newbie Kids is doing an Easter event um, this coming Easter, and they're asking for donations. They're going to do an Easter egg hunt, their little uh, own Easter egg hunt, and they're looking for donations uh, for candy to stuff their eggs. So if you would like to do that, that's going to be much appreciated. They're going to love that. The kids are going to love it. It's going to be a great time for them, along with all their ministry that's going on over there. Um, that's about it. And, of course, church, nothing here that we do at New Beginnings. The outreaches, our missionaries that we support throughout the world, and all of our events couldn't be done 
couldn't be happening without your faithful giving and your tithing. So we want to say thank you on behalf of the leadership and on behalf of all of you too. Um, thank you. If you would like to do that today, we have three ways to do that. You can, we have envelopes. You can place your check or your cash in an envelope. Put your information down so we can say thank you for your, for your giving. And then we have drop boxes at the ends of the sanctuary, the exits of the sanctuary when you're dismissed tonight. And then we have text to give as well. And then we have on our app, uh, NBC ABQ app, and then our website, nbcabq.com slash give. So there's a few ways for you. Uh, so thank you. Church, before we continue with the service tonight, our church, one of the things that we do is we offer a lot of classes here to help you strengthen your education in God's word and your faith and so many other things. One of the classes that we do is discipleship. And discipleship is such a crucial part of our walk with God. It's living and learning all the teachings that Jesus gives and from God's word and applying them so that we may one day become like Jesus and so that we can also go disciple others, teach them what we've learned. One of our teachers that we have a lot of teachers who teach this class, and one of them is Pastor Sonia Cleveland. Pastor, why don't you come up here? We have a lot of students who do this, but this is just one of our, one of our teachers here. What are we doing tonight? We have a graduating class, um, and it's advanced discipleship. So we, um, we advise you guys, if you want to learn more about your walk with God, and um, get equipped to do all that God is calling us to do. Get involved in the next advanced discipleship or beginning discipleship class, which is starting all the time. Uh, I'd like to call our graduates up. It's a small class, and um, we didn't have any dropouts. Yay. Uh, and I just enjoyed each one, each one of you guys learning more about you guys and sharing, being transparent with each other. Another way to connect and get um, closer to the body of Christ. So, Bobby Brewer, come up and receive your your certificate. I'm going to ask you one word that you learned in advanced discipleship you could share with the church. They only give us so much. I know. Anyway. But in this advanced discipleship, it drew me closer to God because I learned how to be more of a disciple for him. And I learned that when you meet somebody, I never really knew this before, the first time that you meet somebody, it is our duty that God tells us we are to share Jesus Christ with them. It says it in our discipleship book. We tell Jesus about him. Because we may be the only Bible that they see and read. Because they may never go to a church or anything. And then after they meet us, they go out and something happens to them. And then their soul goes out into eternity. Their blood will be required at our hands. I don't want that. So now, wherever I go, whoever I meet, the first time I meet them, I give them a track. I plant the seed. And I tell them about Jesus. Because this hat... This is my soul-winning hat. People say, I love your hat. That's all good in itself. But I say, do you love Jesus? 
But I want to thank Sonia. She is such a blessing, and she's such a wonderful teacher. Thank you, Bobby. All right. Robert Gregg, he couldn't make it today, but Robert Gregg graduated Advanced Discipleship. Go, Greg. Go, Robert. All right. Kenny Oldfield. One word, Kenny, what you learned. body we are all the body of the church and it takes every single one of us to make it all work all right thank you all right i haven't seen this young man thomas riggs are you here he's in class all right congratulate him when you see him and miss melissa tracy The church assistant, what did she learn in advanced discipleship? A mission, and it's just one big mission to, to put the word of God out there in the world and not be afraid to do that. A simple, God loves you, Jesus loves you. Can I tell you about Jesus? Can I tell you about what God's done in my life? Your testimony is the strongest thing you could give somebody. And don't be afraid to share it because it's a strong testimony and it does, it does bring people to God. It lets them see God's glory in everything that you do. Amen. Well, thank you, guys. We can't wait to see what God does in you and through you. <laughs> in Jesus' name. Before you guys step off stage, thank you. Thank you, Pastor Sonia. Let's, let's, let's uh, say a quick blessing. Let's pray over these guys. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for these people who have accepted the call to follow Jesus, Lord, and to learn everything that your word has for them, Lord. And we pray that as they go out today, Lord, and for the rest of their life, and all of us, God, that we may live by Jesus' example, Lord. That we may be disciples of Jesus, but also disciple others, God. So that one day they get to know Jesus. Because like our sister Bobby said, they, we may be only the people who get to experience Jesus through us, God. So we just thank you for this group of people, God. We thank you for Pastor Sonia. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And then on the count of three, we're going to say happy birthday to Pastor Sonia. Ready? One, two, three. Happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Let's give him one more round of applause. Good job. All right, church. Well, thank you for being here. And without further ado, our guest speaker tonight, let's welcome Pastor Chris Cleveland.
Good evening, church. What a mighty God we serve, amen? And I want to thank our pastors, Pastor Cindy and Pastor Richard, for all they do for the whole congregation. And Pastor Richard, thank you for allowing me to present the word in your pulpit tonight. So I have a story to tell. Um, and it says I got 43 minutes, so sit down, relax, get some popcorn. No, I'm just so about five years ago, oh, dismiss the kids. Dismiss the kids. Amen. And I better pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the kids. Uh, we thank you for this church and this body, Lord, this mission. And, Lord, we love you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. About five years ago, Pastor Richard invited me to go up to a, a missions trip, if you will, to the penitentiary of New Mexico, um, a place I know a little bit too well. And uh, he said, hey, Chris, we're going up with about 20 other um, ministries. I'd like you to come up with me and... and uh, That'll be a good time. And I said, that'd be great, Pastor, let's go. And so we go and we get there and, and uh, they take us to what's uh, uh, it's called Unit 5, which is a maximum security uh, lockdown facility and, and uh, a place that was a home to me for a little while. And I, uh, we were walking up the road and we walked into the housing unit that was the very beginning of a stretch of penitentiary time that I did. And as we walked in, and Pastor and I are walking, and, and the doors closed behind me. And, and I just, I stepped back, and I went against the wall, and Pastor says, what's wrong? And I said, well, that was my room right there. And he said, well, let's go see it. And I said, you go see it. I said, I had enough of that room. And so that brings me to tonight's message. God's solution to damaged emotions. In Psalm 23.3, he renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. We've got to believe that God will take care of us. And in moments like that, where we have some anxiety, we have some stress, we have some, some problems that have built up long time over our life, we've got to believe that God will take care of us through these things. Life is tough and we get hurt. Uh, there's no promises that there's not going to be problems. Uh, we get beat up in life and all have failures, fears, fatigues, depression, despair, hidden pain, and emotional garbage or baggage, if you will. And God wants to restore that. And so there's a path to emotional healing. And, <coughs> excuse me, uh, the first point tonight is let God remove your guilt. In Psalm 34, 4 through 6 says, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. 
Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my depressed desperation, I prayed, and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my trouble. As, as we go through our daily life and routines, that the guilt and shame and things that, not only that people do to us, but the things that we've done to people can beat us down, and it can destroy us. It can destroy our witness. We all have things that we feel guilty about because we're not perfect people, are we? In Proverbs 20, uh, verse uh, 27, says, The Lord's light penetrates the human spirit, exposing every human motive. We can't get away from guilt because it's in our minds. It's like trying to unsee something, right? So I got seven bullet points that I want to talk about. How do we cope with the guilt in our lives? The first one says, we can deny it. Um, we can bury the, bury the past. And I've never denied that, right? We never deny anything like that, right? Come on. We can minimize it. We think that it's no big deal. We can compromise. We don't believe it's wrong anymore. Number four says we can rationalize it. Everyone does it. Or rationalize, right? We can blame others. You did this, so I'm going to do that. Number six says we can beat ourselves up. Someone's got to pay, right? Number seven says we can give it to God. So that's, that's, that's the ultimate um, success in, in healing is turning it over to God. And in Romans 3.23 says, For everyone, uh, we all have sinned and fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God... In his grace makes us right in his sight. He did this through Jesus Christ when he freed us from the penalty of sin. Anyone ever beg, bribe, bargain with God? Do you believe that his free gift of forgiveness can set you free? Have we ever have we ever gone to God and, and said, God, if you'll do this, I promise I'll do that? I never did that when I was in jail, right? Never said, I'll, I'll, I promise I'll turn from my wicked ways if you'll just release me one more time. If you keep asking God for the same thing over and over repetitively, then you're saying that God can't forgive you. The more I ask, the better I feel, right? Um. Satan first says that your sin is no big deal. And that's, that's probably never happened to anybody in here when we, because we don't sin, right? No. We sin, and the first thing that Satan says is it's no big deal to us. But then he also says to us, it's a, it's, it is so big, God can't use you anymore, right? 
And so he'll shift it on you and cause you to, to walk either in guilt and shame or that he'll use you that you're not useful, uh, uh, lie to you that you're not useful for kingdom work anymore. So how, do, how does God forgive? In Colossians 2, 13 and 14 says, You were dead because of your sins, and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all, all means all, our sins. He canceled the record of charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the, to the cross. When God forgives, he does it forever. God forgives and forgets. He chooses to forgive. When we cry out for forgiveness, God says, what sin? Right? We're, we're like, God, forgive me for this. And God says, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. Right? And so we're, we're, the, we're our own worst enemy. We hold those grudges, that guilt, that shame, that sorrow, and, and it's hard for us to get through us. <coughs> Excuse me. If God forgets and forgives confessed sin, shouldn't you? <coughs> We've all heard, I need to forgive myself, right? Can you out-forgive God? No, no. So, so where do we go? Where do we take that? We take it to God. And, and, and when we lay it down at the cross, God's, God's washed it away, white as snow. And Psalm 31, 9 says, Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am in distress. Tears blur my eyes. My body and soul withering are withering away. <coughs> Excuse me. Sometimes we have grief over our dumb actions. Or for others. Or what others have done to us. In Psalm 51, 1 through 19, and I'm not going to go all the way through 19, but it says, Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love and because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean, O God, from my guilt. Purify me from my sin, for I recognize my rebellion that haunts me day and night. Against you alone I have sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. But you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at your sins. We see David's confession and repentance from his sin against Bathsheba and her husband. And on Monday, uh, if, if y'all were, some of you were here, but Monday, 
pastor started uh, uh, the New Mexico praise again. And there was, I don't know how many pastors here in the morning. And and it was all about uh, praying and repentance for the things that's gone on in our city, our state, in our country. That on our watch, some of these things are taking place. And then again, it took place in the evening with, um, I, I would say, hundreds of, of pastors, leaders, and ministers gathered here to pray for repentance and turn from our wicked ways. And I'm not just talking about the people that are homeless and doing drugs and, and the sin out there, but sometimes we we need to repent, don't we, and turn from our wicked ways and, and turn to God. In Samuel 22, or 12, uh, 2 Samuel 12, 22 through 23, David replied, I fasted, <coughs> excuse me, and wept while the child was alive. For I said, perhaps the Lord will be gracious to me and let the child live. <coughs> Excuse me. But why should I fast when he's dead? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him one day, but he cannot return to me. We need to accept what cannot be changed. Don't hold on to things that keep beating you up. If you've been hurt by parents, spouses, work, you don't have to to live there anymore. Somebody said to me in our program today, we don't live there anymore. And um, if you look at at, um, emotional damage 40 years ago, it's probably a little bit different than it is today, right? Do you know why? Because of social decay. Social decay, some of the things that that happened 40 years ago are this big compared to some of the things that are this big today. And so those those emo, that emotional damage is sometimes really hard to let go of. It's really hard because we want we live in that and it's really hard to unsee that damage. Pain is inevitable. And, uh, but misery is optionable. Optional, excuse me. Pain is inevitable, but misery is optional. We turn moaning, mourning into moaning. And I, I think about when I, when I, when I read that, I think about when pastor he, he's up here and he's talking about when we cry out to God, right? In Jeremiah 33, 3 says, cry out to me and I will hear you. And, and Pastor goes, when, when he's talking about crying out to God, he goes, oh, right? Have, ever, have, have, you, have you done that? When we cry out and you have no words. Oh, thank you, my brother. You have no words and you just can't get it out. But he hears, and he knows, and he wants to heal you. Lay it down and pray it up. Second Samuel 12.20, Then David got up from the ground, washed himself, put on lotions, and changed his clothes. He went to the tabernacle and worshiped the Lord. 
After that, he returned to the palace and he was served food and ate. And this is, this is where we have to go. We have to go. We have to get from that past pain and, and cross that Jordan, if you will. Cross that bridge. Cross that. And, and where is that bridge? It's Jesus. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He's the only antidote for sin. He's the only one that can bring recovery from that, from that pain. And Psalm 37, 1 through 40, and I, I won't read the whole scripture, but says, Don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. For like grass, they soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then, then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desire. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him, and he will help you. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, most of you know Sonia and I, and, and the job that, the mission that he's called, God has called us to, brought us out of a fiery pit, and put us in this place to do a work here in Albuquerque. And um, a lot of people ask, uh, how do we do that? How do, how do we take the pain and misery and suffering and sorrow of the people that are in our program and we take that in and we try to help people heal? And, and, I, and I have to say, it's not me. It's not me anymore. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And if, so if it's not me, what happens? God causes, God makes me into the man that I am today through characteristics, through that refining process, right? So that we can, uh, we, I, I've, I love this new saying I've, I've heard because uh, we've all heard, Hurt people hurt people, right? And and my new my new one is healed people heal people, and and um, and so that's that's really a plug for under his constructions uh, uh, theme for the year is healed people heal people. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust Him, and He will help you. And there's times where. Sonia's wanted to throw in the towel. I'm sure Pastor probably one time in his 40 years wanted to throw in the towel, right? And and it, and when when you when you get to that time, it's it's the Lord that strengthens you. He bears up underneath you and strengthens you to continue the mission that He's called you to. He will make your innocent innocence radiate like the dawn. And the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Don't lose your temper. It only leads to harm. For the wicked 
will be destroyed. But those who trust in the Lord will prosper in the land. Sonia and I talk about uh, the, uh, the land of milk and honey. Y'all have read that, right? The land of milk and honey. And even though the, the work that we do is, is hard, it's laborious, it's, it's daunting, it takes, and Pastor Cindy and Pastor Mansfield, a lot of the pastors in this community will tell you it gets really hard. And, and so it is only through the Lord that he pushes you across. Sonia said to me, and, and I, I got to tell you, Pastor Cindy and, and my wife, Sonia, said to me when I owned my, my security company um, many years ago, and I was doing the security cameras for Pastor Cindy at TBN, and, and Pastor Cindy said, oh, that's so, she, I was in her office, and she said, Chris, that's, it's so nice for you to be here. And I was in ministry, dabbling a little bit. She said, I'm going to start praying for you to go full-time ministry, Chris. And I, I'm like, wow, Pastor Cindy, that's really awesome. Thank you so much. And Sonia said, when are you going to stop just dipping your toe and just really good, really delve into it? And so all of a sudden, the revenue of my security company started to dip down. And I, I'm like, Pastor Cindy, stop praying that prayer for right now. I'm not right, quite ready. And Sonia, stop. I'm, I'll get there. But it was at that time, it was at that moment, that juncture of my life that I said, I, I've been called to a mission, and I have to answer that call. And I, and, I, and I begged God to show me, direct me, and forgive me for all the past that I had, had, had done in my, in my mess with drugs and alcohol. The Lord, uh, in verse 12, says, The wicked plot against the godly. They snarl at them in defiance. But the Lord just laughs, for he sees their day of judgment coming. The wicked draw their swords and string their bows to kill the poor and oppressed to slaughter those who do right. But their swords will stab their own hearts and their bows will be broken. It is better, it is better to be godly and have a little than to be evil and rich. And that's where I say with Sonia and I, now God has has catapulted us. And I tell the guys and women of under his construction, <coughs> excuse me, God will catapult you. And I, and I was looking for, a, I've looked for a scripture for many years. God will catapult you into places that you can't possibly imagine. Ephesians, pastor, pastor brought it to me. Um, Ephesians 3.20 says that um, for us, if you, he will give us more than you can possibly imagine ask or think. And, and that's where Sonia and I are in our life, in that land of milk and honey, because we've overcome that, that damaged emotional people that, that the, the devil has tried to steal from uh, our lives. My third point tonight says, focus on what is left, not what is lost. Focus on what is left, not what is lost. And that's, that's, that's society today, isn't it? When we have loss in our life, we grieve, we, we have bitterness and anger, 
sometimes against God when, when we have lost way too soon family members, drug addiction that takes people away from our life. Second Samuel in uh, chapter 12, verse 24 says, Then David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and slept with her. And she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And David named him Solomon. The Lord loved the child. He worked with that. He worked with what he had. God is not finished. And uh, coming here, coming to the church, partnering with with like-minded people in the church, God is not done with you. He's only just beginning. And so recognizing that the things that he has for you, he will catapult you and give you the things that you can't possibly think or know. (coughs) Excuse me. It's dry up here. Isaiah 61, 3 says, To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. And in their righteousness, they will be like great oaks, that the Lord has planted for his own glory. The rest of your life can be the best of your life. Don't remain in prison of your pain. Let God replace the grudges. I know there's no grudge holders here, as pastor would say. None of us, right? But I've known people that have held grudges for 20 years. And that bitterness, that pain, that grudge, it causes physical illness. It can really damage you psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, physically, all of the elise. And so you get to that point where you've got to lay that down. Grudges come from what others do to you. We feel guilty for what we do to others but grudges for what others do to me. People will hurt you in life, intentionally or accidentally. Life makes you bitter or better. We have heard people, we have heard hurt people. We have heard hurt people, but I say healed people heal people, right? Job 5.2 says, Surely resentment destroys the fool, And jealousy kills the simple. Resentment only hurts you. Some of you are allowing people from your past to continue to hurt you. And we see this. This is in the program under his construction. Is that um, the pain and devastation of what other people have done to us in our life continues to hurt. And it continues to, to tear down the life that God wants for you. Job 18.4 says, You may tear out your hair in anger, but will that destroy the earth? Will it make the rocks tremble? Because sin in this world, life is unfair. And we have to get over that and recognize sometimes it is unfair. 
But it's okay to, to pass that on. Romans 12, 19 says, Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God, for the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Let God take care of it for you. This is, this is one of the hardest things that we want. We, we want to take all of these things, and, and us men, right, us men, we want, we're fixers. We're going to fix it, right? And we can fix everything. It's not true, guys. You got to let down that mask. You got to let down that facade and allow God into your life to, to tear down those emotion, that emotional damage, and he will restore you. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Get rid of all. Means? All. Bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. If you are forgiven, God wants you to forgive. Bitterness is blindness. You can't see life anymore. The truth, life's joy. God's plan for life, it eats you like a cancer. Job 11, 13, uh, I'm sorry, 11, 13 through 16 says, If only you would prepare your heart, and lift up your hands to him in prayer. Get rid of your sins and leave all iniquity behind you. Then your face will brighten with innocence and you will be strong and free of fear. You will forget your misery and will be like water flowing away. You know, that, that time of when that prison uh, block door closed behind me, it, it, it caused that fear that I had heard 10 years prior, and it caused, caused that anxiety in, in me. And there was some damage done while I was in prison. Imagine that. Um, but I had to release that to God. I had to release that to God. And, and through, through the last 10 years, I've been looking to... to, to have a, a pardon. Some of you know my story. Uh, there was 44 arrests and 69 felonies. Um, I, I wasn't a good guy, but God transformed my life. And he took what, that foolishness and is now being used to do a mission for him. And it's really, it's really cool really cool because my I, I always teach teach our guys I go we're going to do a two-minute testimony and I got mine down to about it's a two-second testimony right I was arrested 44 times and now I'm a pastor and people go really how did that happen well let me tell you about it right I'm gonna play a bobby I'm gonna go let me tell you about Jesus right and and, and so that's God will give you that testimony 
But you've got to get over the pain and misery of your past. And that's when, when you come to Christ and you accept him into your life, that old, that old bitterness, wrath, anger, that old lifestyle, it can go. Let it go. Let it go. I've been looking for a pardon and, and expungement and uh, in my on my record, and uh, so many so many of my mentors have told me, Chris, you're already pardoned, and 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 it's true, and that brings rest to my soul. Um, because when I start thinking, and I've been talking about doing a pardon for six seven years now, I'm 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 uh, eligible for a pardon, but it just hasn't come together yet. Uh, because it's not really important to me because my pardon is done by Jesus Christ. He's healed my damaged emotions. Um, I, I joke around a lot and I say I have one feeling left. Don't get on it. <laughs> Psalm 42, 1 uh, Psalm 42, 1 through 11, As the deer longs for the stream of wa- streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Day and night I have only tears for food, while enemies continually taunt me, saying, Where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking as I remember how I used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshipers leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of of a great celebration. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put all my hope in God, and I will praise him again. My Savior and my God, now I am deeply discouraged. But I remember you, even from the distant Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan, from the land of Mount Mizar. I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. But each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me. And though each night I sing his songs, praying to God, who gives me life. Oh God, my rock, I cry. Why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Their taunts break my bones. They scoff. Where is this God of yours? Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God and praise him again, my Savior, my God. Do not have cast down souls, my friends, my church. There's so so much against the believer, the body of, of Christians right now that it's really easy to get caught up in that, isn't it? And so God wants to restore that. God wants you to rise up and make a difference in our community, make a difference in your families, and stand 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 firm, having having put on all of the armor, right? Wielding your sword as men and women in the kingdom of God. Jesus wants to restore you, your confidence, your peace, and your joy. 
have another story that really brought me. My my wife likes this story. Um, when I when I was uh, I wasn't a, a nice guy, and I was I was doing crime and in and out of jail, and long about the one of the last times I was had gone to jail, I was down to about 163 pounds. Imagine, and um, and I was I was laying in a cell with a guy, and I was and I was I was beat down and I was tired, and this and this guy kept coming over to me and he'd stand there and he'd read over me and and I just I said guy you know if you don't put down the bible and stop reading it at me we're going to box so he went over and he set down his bible and he came back So, and I was a box, I had boxed most of my life, was martial arts, I got up, and I'm like, oh, this guy, and at the time, I'm about 40 years old, and he's like 20, and I got up, and he went, and just pummeled me, and I was laying back, and I'm bleeding, bloody, and he got his Bible, and he came back over, and he started reading it again. And that was the first time in my life that I realized there's, there's more to life than what I was doing. It put value on what Christ had done in his life. This young man was willing to box me um, for, for Christ. And that was the first time the seed was planted in my mind and in my soul. <coughs> <laughs> got my attention. And and so it's been now 21 years clean and sober. And God is doing a work uh in in and through this this church and all of the ministries in this church. Um I I just I'm glad to be part of it and and part of each and every one that we journey with. In, in recovery, I, I was really uh, taken back by the Monday night service of repentance here in our church. There was people on the floor and crying, and they handed us, they handed out a mustard seed to everyone and, and said, if we would just, if our church would just have the faith of a mustard seed, we could change this community. We can do something different here. We can help. We can change the cycle of addiction and the cycle of homelessness. And so it takes us as the body of Christ to stand up and do something different. And instead of walking by those people on the street and looking at them as we walk by, walk over and send them to me. Send them to Frontline Resurrection. Send them to... Um, expect a miracle. There's a there's there's. I say right now that um, there's five or six faith-based recovery ministries in our city, and so by that there is there is about 400 to 500 men or women currently in 
faith-based recovery services. And so change is coming. There's a wind coming over our city, and I don't want you to miss it. It's time that, that we take up the banner of Christ and not just sit in the seat. Somebody said to me the other day, they said, man, I think the, the Christians went to their prayer closets and they fell asleep. I don't want to be one of those Christians in my prayer closet that fell asleep. And so let me pray. Dear Lord, if everybody could just gather with me and bow your heads. Dear Lord, I've got some damaged emotions. Please restore my soul. I've got grief and guilt that I need to be freed from by your forgiveness, God. God, I pray that you would deal with us right now, Lord, that you would heal those that are broken and suffering right now, God, as people crying out, Lord, they don't have to raise their hand. There's people in this congregation right now. There's people online right now that maybe you've heard our story, uh, the story of Pastor Mansfield and his 40-year mission with Pastor Cindy of being a wino, a dino, and a dingbat. And, Lord, you've transformed his life and the lives of many under, under the umbrella of New Beginnings and Church of God. And I'm, I'm grateful to be part of that, God. I'm grateful that, God, right now, you're healing people. Lord, touch those that are calling out to you right now, God. Lord, be with the person to my right, to my left. Heal their hidden hurts. Free them from their past, God. There's so many today that... They had no, no idea. They had nothing to do with what hurt them. They didn't have a chance. Lord, there's children today that never even got a chance. Lord, I pray that, God, you would heal our land, Lord. Heal our children, Lord. Cause this land to be fruitful, Lord, and prosperous. Lord, we thank you, God, for this time together, Lord. Thank you for allowing me to be here tonight, God, and to share your word. Lord, we thank you, and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Look, if, if you'd like to, um, the altars are open, and um, there's prayer warriors here to pray. And so if anything that I said tonight, I know I read a lot of scriptures I hope you took some notes. I hope that maybe it was impactful on somebody either online or in this congregation. But if you need prayer, if you need forgiveness, if you need maybe some guidance, um, our prayer warriors are here. Thank you for joining us tonight. God bless you.